0: Michael Ortiz for a fantastic conversation. Um, But before we get there, I wanted to take a moment and address some of the feedback I got from the last video and um, some of it was amazing, absolutely amazing. Some of you guys were telling me about how you cried with it and cried with me and um, you laughed with me and you really related to some of the things and that is beautiful and profound and I am so glad because that is the point. others told me that they had a hard time with it and it was mostly because they are hard topics and i understand that and not every episode is for every single person it really truly isn't and you might not know that until you know you listen to some of the episode and realize part- partially through that it's a little too much on this episode in particular and that's okay because Sometimes there are things that you're not ready to deal with as you are listening to someone else's version of it And you can't go there You can't deal with that other things that they're hitting too close to home through things that you know You've recently experienced or you've seen somebody else experience and it was just too hard and you're not there yet And that's okay. So You don't ever even have to be there. I'm not even pushing you to do that. But as you go through this I do want you to realize that These testimonies on here are... it's supposed to be a safe place. And the reason for that is because these testimonies are important and they help us heal and they help us learn and understand and truly be better people and, in my in my own case, be a better doctor to share these things with you. And It's an incredibly vulnerable thing to do, and so all of these people who are sharing them, I truly appreciate it because it is putting your dirty laundry out there to some extent, and that's kind of um, been a little bit of a taboo thing for a while, Um, but it's putting it out there in this understanding and in this context of greater healing and of saying this is the shit show that I went through, and this is how I survived it and for too long we've been hiding these stories we've been ashamed to tell the things that we've been through and to me that is so heartbreaking because if I went through all of this and I had to go through all of this then the very least that I should be able to get out of it is that I can share it with you so you don't have to go through that at the very least. And if that means that I have to be vulnerable, if it means that I have to maybe not look like I'm perfect in every way, then it's what we have to do. You know, if it's not easy coming on here and talking about suicide or abuse or Um, self-abuse and cutting or any of these things or failing out of school or witnessing a murder. None of these things are easy, you know? And sure, I have some levels of shame that are in there where it's like, maybe I shouldn't talk about this, you know? Um, But that's all the more reason too. And I do firmly believe in doing the thing that scares you. Let's do it. So this scared me. This was like, Super being vulnerable, and it's out there. And I think that's beautiful. And I think it's powerful. Um, So, like I said, if it's not for you, if this episode is not for you, or if the next episode, or whichever episode, that's okay. Come back. The next one might be better for you. It might speak better to you. Um, But that's what this podcast is for. It's these truly beautiful, profound stories, and it's the ugly of it. It's not just the fluff and how we got through it it's real and it's raw and that's the point Um, I want to share two quotes that um, one of them was given to me and I thought it was awesome Um, and this one the other one has kept coming up showing up in my own life and I really thought it was just a beautiful um, quote to share but the first one was if I must boast I will boast in things that show my weaknesses." And I thought, that is so beautiful. Like, if I am gonna talk about where I succeeded, it's going to be in conquering the things that tried to break me, you know? And um, that's just, that's just incredible. That's profound. You should talk about those things. It shouldn't just be the typical wins you know we should talk about the things that tried to break us and couldn't the things that left scars and you know we still survived it you know scars are supposed to be this beautiful story that you can tell um, that has all the nitty-gritty and hopefully it has an amazing story with it and you know it's not just I fell off the chair or something like that but you know that's the point point. Um, and then the second quote um, is that the cracks or how the light gets in. And I really love that because it kind of speaks to this idea of that we've been talking about is we have got to change our narrative for a lot of these things. We are not broken. We do not have weak spots. We are not cracked and shattered and all of these things. That's how the light gets in. That's how we become better. You know, we learn to expand and to grow and where things needed to improve and where things were the completely wrong fit. So as we go through this, please understand that that that's where we're coming from with these things. I will, of course, always give a trigger warning um, for some of the content, because some of them can be like this last one, a little explicit um, in terms of some of the topics that we cover. But it will always, these topics will always be covered in the context of healing, of I went through this and not like this beautiful like, oh, I delved in it and, you know, was I don't know, not a super gritty context, I guess. Um, but of this is a very brief overview of what I went through, and this is the beautiful healing that came out of it, but how raw and truly rich that healing was is really the point. So I think that's enough of that babble. I hope you understand what I'm trying to convey here. Um, This is not supposed to be, you know, super light and cheery and all of those things. It's supposed to be super profound and just super connecting. Um, I want you to share your amazing stories. Um, And of course, there's gonna be laughs and all sorts of things, especially with Mr. Michael Ortiz, who's coming up next. Um, But this is, it's supposed to be real. It's supposed to be raw. Um, So with that said, um, I'm going to cut to our conversation and I cannot wait to bring it to you he is so awesome like I said um, to preface that a little bit he is my best friend and um, I believe we talk a little bit about how we got to know each other and whatnot um, and um, he was he was just an accident as you'll you'll soon see here uh, a bicycle accident and uh, he had some to get some facial surgery and his arm surgery so um, if you're not watching on youtube then you know you're you're missing out on the beautiful brokenness literally <laughs> but he just got fixed and we're and he's doing a lot of supplements and he's actually healing really well um but anyways he is amazing and just one of my favorite people um he's funny and complex and he's just got a whole interesting view of life that I cannot wait to share with you. Um, So with all of that said, here we go. Thanks guys. and welcome to Fearlessly Unbroken. This is our third episode, and I cannot wait to introduce you to my very best friend, Mr. Michael Ortiz. Um, He's kind of sitting in the dark with us, so you're going to have to bear with us. Uh, We will explain why. (laughs) But in the meantime, this is Mr. Michael Ortiz. And (laughs) I wanted to give a little preview, I guess, to talk a little bit about how I met Michael um, he's been my best friend for, what is it, like four years now? I don't know. It's it's a while. <laughs> it feels <up>. like forever. <laughs> but um, weirdly enough, I was going through, and I'm totally going to wave a nerd flag here, and I'm not even going to feel bad about it. <laughs> I was going through a very hard time, um, and it was kind of mid, I guess, um abusive relationship time and or towards the end of it and I'm sitting there by myself watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer and crying at one of these scenes and I was just like I wonder if the Buffy community would relate to me on some of these things. So I don't know anyone in this group and it's this huge huge group of people. And I just posted like this sob story (laughs) in this group about how like I was feeling about this episode and it just it meant a lot to me. And I was just like, I don't I'm going through this shit. I don't know. I don't know. But here it is. And I met some absolutely amazing people off of it. And I was just really floored that anyone even responded. But um, I actually have I think it's three people that I still talk to out of that group. But, obviously, the most prominent is Mr. Michael Ortiz. Um, basically, I just feel like we started talking, um, I mean, he was just so kind to me um, about what I was going through, and it was, it was just really impactful because I, I, I was in such a vulnerable place and I just really needed somebody to talk to me, and I really think that he was a godsend for that um, because I just needed someone to talk to me. Um, Anyways, and so basically, ever since then, I talked to him every day, and I couldn't get through life without him as my best friend, and (laughs) no pressure, and I guess with that said, um, I'll shut up and let you talk, okay, man.
1: (laughs) All right, what are we talking about today?
0: Well, first of all, I guess you could say something about, like, how awesome our friendship is.
1: I feel it's like an awesome friendship. I don't love Buffy anywhere near to the, the degree that uh, Dr. Taylor Luster does, but he does. He does. I mean, I guess it's an okay show. If you like that sort of thing, lying. it's all right.
0: <laughs> don't be embarrassed of the nerd flag. It's just, it's just it's
1: okay. It's the worst things on television.
0: Oh, uh, you're lying. <laughs> uh, well, uh, um, I think it's probably most relevant, I guess, to tell us why you're sitting in the dark.
1: That would oh. Sense. So I just uh, on June sixteenth, twenty twenty one, I had a bicycle accident that was pretty severe. I hit a pothole, I think, uh, because I had a concussion. I don't actually recall what I hit, but it uh, it's resulted in two surgeries. I do think that it for the surgeries. Like worst case, I'm gonna have to pull the wire out of my wrist. That's why my hand is over here immobilized you can see some of the ace bandaging over here um so my uh cabin is a mess (laughs) because (laughs) because i am now living 24 7 in the common area it's because it's the biggest biggest room uh i can spread things out far enough if i get cold at night i can reach in three different directions for blankets you know if i get hot i can push it back in three different directions i don't have um I would have the strength to pull from one direction, but if I was to run over this arm, it would be very painful. So to avoid that, it's better to keep everything spread out, and I can kind of just pick and choose what I need when I need it.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure Amanda, that's his wife, by the way, um, that I'm pretty sure she was appalled when she she found out that we were recording this today. (laughs) Because I know yeah. she's just saying that. Like the house is so messy.
1: <laughs> it's it's gonna be all right. It's okay. We were supposed to do this before, but you know, bike accident, concussion, all that other. I suppose all that's that other stuff. Excuse. So.
0: <laughs> all right. So, I guess we are kind of. I kind of want to have a general theme for all of these. Um, these videos, and the general theme is again this question of what is deep profound healing look like and it can be really on any of the topics um and of course you're going to have to give like some overview of i guess what you were going through during one of those whatever situation you decide to talk about but i'm more interested i guess in what did you do to find healing for yourself um with whatever the topic is um we Briefly discussed a few. I'm going to let you jump in with which, whatever one you feel like we should start with, and we can go from there and see where it takes us.
1: Okay, right on, right on. Um, hmm. No pressure. I'm it's fine. I'm going to say that, uh, as far as I'm concerned, the most important thing is for people to be comfortable in their own skin. That's a huge um, thing. Yeah, because I mean, your your body, you know, there's a circadian rhythm and, and whatnot. There's all these rhythms and there's these natural ups and downs. Um, but if you're in a good headspace, it nothing really seems terrible. So, so implying that, that you didn't, you weren't there at some point. Yeah, no, yeah. So on that topic, uh, I had been in this terrible abusive uh, relationship i was married um to not amanda not <laughs>
0: not amanda <laughs> amanda's awesome shout out to amanda yeah. who's not on here with us
1: um and it was it was really rough my ex-wife is five foot two and at the time probably weighed about 105 pounds I'm about 5'10", and at that point, I was probably 195 pounds. I was a funeral director, so I was very, very big, very capable. And uh, so I made all kinds of excuses. You know, it doesn't really matter. I mean, it's almost like she was, you know, like a child compared to me. Um, And, you know, when you're young and you're not... You don't know how the world works. Things usually fall apart more than they they wind themselves back up. Pardon me, an ad just popped up. There we go. Um, So, you know, I told myself, yeah, it's this temporary thing. Grow up, grow out of it, grow up, grow out of it. And uh, that never, ever happened. And there was a, a great combination of things that that uh, led to me waking up. There were people that my family respected, they'd come over and they would treat me nicely. And I'm like, these are good, respectable people. They're being nice to me. It it was just weird, it's like I I just noticed there was the juxtaposition that was created from the way I was treated by some people versus others. And one day I just decided that it would never ever happen again. And it never did. And that's not meant to sound dark or ominous. She's still alive and she's remarried and everything, but <laughs> it's it's incredible how, you know, it sounds callous when people say it, that uh, people that are abused allow the abuse. Um, I don't know if that's true for everybody because if you're a female, I can understand, if, if the shoe was on the other foot and I'm 5'10 and, and big strong back from picking up dead people all day, that's, that's very scary for someone that's 5'2 and 105 pounds. So I was never afraid for my life. I just allowed bad things to happen to me. Um, but the day that I was like, this is, you will never ever do this again, it stopped immediately. And I was like, this is incredible. Like this whole this whole time, my entire years of my existence, I could have just been like, no, never again and it would have stopped. Um, that's crazy. I, again, I don't know if it works, uh, if it would work the same for females. I'd imagine to some degree it has to though. It, it, they, there might be other things that are needed to make it work correctly, You know, a stronger support system or something of that nature, But but the minute you decide like, no, we're not doing this anymore, holy shit, it stops. So, it, it's, uh, it's kind of miraculous.
0: I'm assuming that happened with some sort of, like, confrontation, not just, like, you willing it
1: to happen. <laughs> no, it actually no. did. No. okay, so, uh, I have a son. His name is Isaac, and he's 13 years old. When she got pregnant, I realized that she would do it in front of my child. If it was a girl, the girl would be taught that this is an acceptable way to be. You know, this is a good way to treat men, and if it was a boy, he would be taught that this is how women should treat men, and I wasn't going to sleep on that, Uh, which made it even crazier, because at that point, I was divorcing a pregnant woman, which makes me a statistic. Makes you look a little bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I mean, I did get a lot of, I got a lot of kickback. It was it was such a bizarre time sure. um, from, from my family and people coming out of the world. But see, honestly, though, they, they didn't know what was going on, um, so I didn't care what they thought. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I still don't care too much about what they think. My mom tried to get me to go and talk to uh, the pastor, Dr. Kolar, who is absolutely brilliant and I mean I agreed I was like yeah sure I, I like Dr. Kohler I'll talk to him and I think she was hoping he was going to do some like Jesus karate on me <laughs>
0: but, Jesus karate yeah
1: but <laughs> when I spoke to him you know uh, I, I first off I didn't have uh, a personal agenda while going to see him it was pretty much I'm going to go and tell this man what's going on and see what he thinks. and It's not that I'm going to blindly do what he says either, but yeah, you know, do I respect this person? Yes, I do. Let's go and see what they have to say. And so I went there and he said, so what are we doing? I was like, I mean, don't you know? And he said, your mom told me a little bit. And I said, well, what do you think? And he said, well, what do you think? And I said, I pointed at his bookshelf. He's written so much like I didn't write any books. So really, I feel like we should be yielding to what you think. And then he sat down and told me, if I think that Jesus thinks that uh, people should go and get abused, that I am definitely wrong, that if I am going to leave, I need to be precise in my movements and not cut the monkey's tail off one inch at a time, cut the whole thing off. Um it wasn't funny to me then, but thinking about it now, when I went back home and my mom's like, "Well, what did he say?" She was really, man, she was excited. And I said, "He said cut the monkey's entire tail off at once." <laughs> oh man, I'm she that was, went over well. She was pretty, uh, pretty upset. <laughs> um, the, the relationship has been restored. Like my family and everything, they all kind of know after. After I left, again, and, you know, said no more, and I took off, we cut the entire monkey's tail off. Um, my ex-wife made the assumption that I was going to run around and tell everybody what she did. I had no need or desire. I was already out of the situation. What do I care? Right? So she went thinking everybody already knew and tried to play some virtue card and was like yeah oh. she went and told my mom that she was abusing her son and my mom because this woman was pregnant just zipped her lift and oh. walked out of the room. It's like okay. Oh god Yep actually to uh there was one person in my family that um that was on my side for the entire thing and that was my my stepdad um his ex-wife was a terrible person also and he said he could see it in my ex-wife uh everybody else is giving me flack and then one day he was driving me somewhere i don't even remember where and he just looks at me and says he did good and i'm like it was very bizarre because everybody else was you know no this is no no stop please no no jesus doesn't want it's like listen like not for nothing but the stuff that i've been through I'm not saying I wouldn't listen to Jesus. I'm saying that he has to come down here himself because I've been through enough. And I, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to sit there and walk right back into this mess and be like, all right, well, no, 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 no. No, uh, there were all kinds. People get desperate when uh, their lives are going to change that fast and that hard. Um, and for whatever reason, I had clarity and knew, like, I know not to trust anything any of you people are saying, because these are, these are last resort phrases you're throwing out at me now. So, so yeah, uh, being comfortable with yourself I think is probably the most important thing overall when it comes to healing. Um, I believe that people are triune beings, so a healthier body would make a healthier. Mine's like car, right? If I have a, a really good cooling system, well, maybe the engine can push a little harder now because it's gonna cool off easier. So it's not that I improved the engine, the, the cooling system got a small improvement and the car overall has benefited from this. So likewise, uh, being able to be comfortable and having a, a positive guarded mind um, can help in a multitude of ways, not just mentally, but physically and spiritually as well. Because you're one being. Whew. That was, you had some
0: out of the park ones on this one, some phrases that I I was taking notes. See, like, no. Uh, It's a
1: nerd uh, thing over there. You got nerd stuff? I do.
0: Anyways, Uh, so first of all, I love this idea of being comfortable with yourself because I think. I was actually just talking to um, my chiropractic assistant about it today, uh, Ms. Patricia Dunn. Kind of a similar topic, so it feels like it's beautiful that it is today. I mean, that was actually not one of the ones that we previously discussed, so. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Anyways, but I think that when I was talking to uh, Ms. Trisha about it, I was talking about how we have all of these, and you and I have talked about this, I think at length, um, oftentimes, he's like my spirit guide. Because, um, I get lost. <laughs> but anyways, um, I, I think that this idea of... I, I think how you described it was this: these narratives that we started with ourselves or these frames that we... Filters that we see ourselves through. Um, they can be just slightly off, and they're skewed from all like just the the slightest lie that was told somewhere or that we took just the wrong way. And all of a sudden you get down the road and it's this huge diversion from where you were supposed to be. And it was just the most minor thing that was just slightly askew. And I really love this idea of being comfortable with yourself because I think it's regressing that backwards a little bit to say okay where where was this lie I know many many times you've told me this whole construct you have here is wrong we have to rewrite the whole thing yeah and this is a lie (laughs) yes and I'm like wait what do you mean it's a lie like everything I know is built off of this what are you talking about you know so I feel like that is one of the most super foundational things and i think being comfortable with yourself is truly um an unlearning of (laughs) all of the constructs that were put on us that we've
1: taken to retarded places definitely um damn see the problem is that can go in two different directions and my brain is trying to do both at once no i Having trouble, it's a little bit of trouble focusing, but remember, I was concussed two weeks ago. So, excuses, <laughs> excuses. Yeah. Um, well, let's go with the easier one for right now. Okay. The easiest way to find out if you are living, if you're building off of lies, is to take inventory. So, there are a lot of people that will say one thing, but their actions betray them. Um uh, an over an overbearing parent, right, uh, might go and micromanage a child, okay? and then the kid doesn't want to be near the parent. In the parent's head, it's like, oh, well, no, I, I, uh, I'm I, doing this because I love the child and I want the child to love me. That child is trying to get away from you now. Your actions are doing the opposite of what... There is a lie somewhere that you're believing. Usually in the, the case of the parent and child, the parent is afraid of something, and so they're operating out of, out of fear. It's more, I'm afraid that somebody else will hurt you more than I love you and I'm going to equip you as best I can to experience... Hopefully, positive things. There will be some some not so positive things. That's the soy doesn't ever flow to life, and then if me and you have a strong, you'll come back to me, and and we can go and work out because nothing's perfect, right? Um, so if you are looking, because in 2016, that's a great year. Uh, I was living all kinds of weird lives. Nothing very serious. It was based on politics. Um, essentially, I would go. Man, I was. Taking in probably six hours of political news a day and then going on Facebook to (laughs) brawl with everybody. (laughs) And uh, you're a troll. (laughs) Yeah. And and the thing is, is that I thought about it, and it's like, well, you know, who do you want to be? It's like, I mean, you know, in the woods, I'm a man of peace. I'm done killing <laughs> it's, it, it's over. <laughs> and it's like, then why, are you, why do you go to war every day? Well, this is important. Is it? Is it really important? Have you, is there any good that's come from this? I mean, it's possible, but the, the best situation here, if you're supposed to be a person of peace, is is you should disengage. It's like, okay. So I quit political nonsense cold turkey. That was weird. Um, I reached out to uh, some family. I reached out to my grandmother. I apologized to uh, to her. I let her know that uh, you know I would have written you more, but when I woke up, I had to go and read articles and this and that. And it's like, why was I doing any of this? But I had convinced myself this is a, this is a lie. This was me betraying the person that I wanted to be. But I, I did it so willingly and ignorantly. It's. Like I'm investing all this energy into not peace. But I wanna be a peaceful person. What the hell are you thinking? You've missed the plot, you know? Uh so that's uh it's a great way to uh
0: So you're you mean taking inventory by asking other people No, no,
1: no, you can or you. Think about who you want to be. Okay. All right. I want to be this person. Now there are people that want to be warriors, right? And that's <coughs> fine. There 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 is I don't think there's like a, a, a bad type of person. All right. We we need all sorts of people, right? So actually let's take you, Taylor. Uh, you are a doctor. You want to be a doctor. Should you run around practicing more? No.
0: Well, according to you in video games. That's a whole nother story. They want
1: me to kill zombies in video games. Video games. games. Zombies are not (laughs) people. Those are post people. Uh Uh Also, in all fairness, no matter how hard you hit the video game, it never says out. It's like a punching bag. I'm just not even going to go there.
0: (laughs) Okay, so you're saying that I should, it would be obviously misaligned with myself as a doctor to go out starting wars all of the time
1: yeah yeah i mean that's that's a that's a broad stroke but but yeah (laughs) but yeah if you if you decide okay well well my my big goal is to teach okay are you doing things in your daily life that make you more of this person you want to be or less of this person than you want to be you know oh you know there's like there's a half a billion goals i only know i mean i know my goals i think better than anybody else's goals but for me it's being a peaceful person so it's like all right well we have to make sure that the different things in my life because it, it never happens in a day but but every day you get a little closer all right again the idea of, of an angle you know 15 degrees is uh, that's almost a 90 let's go with the 90 right right now that 90 degree angle from thumb to to my index finger That looks like it might be one, two, three, maybe five and a half inches. Okay. But if I take that same 90 degree angle and I extend it out a mile, um, I'm not going to do the A squared, B squared, (laughs) C squared. But you dig what I'm saying. That's a much bigger gap. You don't notice it in the beginning. You can see from one end to the other. I can still see it. But when you go and you multiply it out, you have no idea what you're doing. The same thing works in the inverse. If I go and and I just continually just, okay, I'm a little off i focus, I'm gonna go and move over just a hair, okay? Maybe a hair is all I can move. Maybe I don't know how to move better, like more than that, that's a possibility too because, you know, as you go on, you learn, right? I'm just gonna move over this much, just gonna correct as much as I know to correct. And that's better than me not doing that.
0: I think that with that, I I love what you say when you tell me um, to take, uh, I guess, saying the same thing taking inventory of how i'm feeling like if i've had enough to eat if i'm sleepy if i'm tired or i guess that's the same thing or about like all of these things you know and you have like a list that you go through and
1: yeah hungry angry lonely tired yeah and
0: i think that that is a great way to speak to what you're saying of taking inventory of yourself um and then in each of those situations to say okay if none of these are feeding where i'm trying to go then i'm slightly off and then taking like you said your 90 degree angle and just taking it just back a little bit um Mm -hmm. but it's really i think at the bottom of those it's really just the slightest bit that is off and it's ridiculous how slight that thing is um
1: well, sometimes, but uh, now I recall the other thing I was going to oh, say. There's another. <laughs> there's another thing about uh, about personal truths um, and lies. Uh, I have. I don't know that this is a hundred percent accurate, so I'm going to use the word "like." Right now, it is like there is an evil thing that is intelligent that is attempting to control things. Okay, so uh, I had a very difficult time. In third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, sixth grade was a little better. Seventh grade was a little better, but but again, like it was it was pretty pretty miserable for me. Um, and I was systemically taught through my interactions with other children that feelings were not that important. All right, and I used um, a combination of taking inventory of my personal experiences and comparing it to things that I saw on TV specifically Steve Urkel. It's like on TV, people, the audience says, oh, when he makes a mistake, but in real life, nobody gives a shit. Nobody cares at all. In fact, these animals over here. (laughs) So, (laughs) so there, so there I was and I was convinced. It's like, all right, well, feelings then are not, are not important. Like I, I can move with, surgical precision through through these different uh uh sometimes they're problems sometimes they're games logic puzzles you understand like i'm just moving through and uh, i have no problem um so then what are what are feelings for it's like i don't this is this is somewhat of a, a waste um And this now, I mean, you compare this, actively contrast this to the person I am today, where it's like, no, for for me, peace is the most important thing. Well, I mean, obviously, uh, there is an emotional component to this, because what it really is, it's peace with with myself and my actions. Um, As far as I can tell, something worked very hard to try to instill this lie in me and i've seen it in other people i've seen this happen with other people i've seen this happen with amanda it was uh when you take inventory of amanda's life it looked like it was despair amanda was taught that you know you just can't have what you want if you want something it's just it's not gonna happen it was the most bizarre thing we would go out like on a date and one she told me she's like listen when you know when i go to restaurants if i want something i just i just can't have it and i was like I don't wanna be like, what the hell do you mean you can't have it? And so we went to this diner, fantastic diner, on this, uh, the Snydersville Diner, and they make these pies and oh, it's so good. Um, I think she wanted a strawberry milkshake and the lady's like, oh, I'm sorry, we're out of strawberry. Now, I mean, that's one instance, but this actually happened repeatedly. And so one day I was like, no. <laughs> I was like, no, we're not playing this game. And she says, "What?" Well, and I was like, we're gonna find you a strawberry milkshake. Like we're gonna do it now and she's like what are you telling us like whatever this thing is that is trying to teach you that you can't have simple little little things it's not like she asked for something big and it's not like she wanted it free either we had american money we were going to give in exchange for you know the goods uh i was like no we're not nope so what happened we started acting in opposition to this thing that i don't know that it, but I, it's like this thing exists again i, I don't I can't say that I can prove it exists. I'm, it is like it exists. So right now, if in your mind you're thinking like, I don't believe in, I need you to just take a deep breath, take a step back, okay? I don't need you, I don't need anyone to believe in anything. I just need you to understand that it is like if this thing exists. There could be some other rule that is that is being followed, some other universal rule that I don't understand. That's okay, because I'm a person. Okay, but if my understanding of it if my understanding of it it's like it's this thing gives me enough information to actively combat and work around this thing then bloody hell that's pretty good so having said that um, we worked in opposition to this thing Constance like I want to piss this off she's like well it's like yeah let's go and you should just want simple things and we're going to go and we're going to get all these things until this thing pisses off and it worked now they have what she wants at restaurants you know it's that's it, it sounds very it sounds childish <clears throat> but maybe maybe not there could be things that that you have grown accustomed to like me and thinking feelings were stupid right um there could be things that you've grown accustomed to that you should not be accustomed to and the only reason why you're accustomed to it is because there hasn't been someone there around to show you like if we go and we fight this thing it directly, do the opposite of what it wants to happen repeatedly. Okay. Um and it, it did crescendo again, I don't remember a hundred percent. I've done this several times though, but yeah, like eventually it's like, oh, no, not only can you not go get the ice cream, now your car won't start. Screw you, car. <laughs> I'm stronger than you, too. Oh I don't God. need you. I don't need any of this. <laughs> I don't need any of you. Watch this. I have a phone. Call somebody up. Hey, listen, I need you to do me a favor. <laughs> I need you to get me, but before you get me, get, get me a strawberry milk. Just bring it. Just bring it. And that's it. It's like I've got somebody now in a car delivering to me, and then next call, all right, well... I'm going to need a toe. <laughs> yeah. Let's do this. Um, so, so yeah, if you, uh, there, if there's a truth that you believe, but you can kind of tell is off, really examine that because it might be that there is this thing that does not want you to act in a way you would act if you didn't have that block or that weight around you. Now, would I be the person I am today if I still carried that belief system? I mean, I'm still myself, but no, it wouldn't look like this. I'm a far more peaceful person now. It's bizarre. I think that what I like about that um,
0: is that, well, first of all, this idea that there are external influences that we need to take into account, and we don't always do that, um, Or sometimes we do it too much. I'll go both those routes. But um, I guess, firstly, that yes, it can definitely, we can go the route that there is good and evil at play. That is a super fun route. Uh, But maybe that is, maybe in your life or whomever is listening's life, that looks more like there are layers of toxic relationships that you have in your life that make it unclear as to what the actual situation is. And so in like some of those situations, like with Amanda, it was much more clear as there were probably not like in poor intentions from her related to that or uh, misconstrued constructs or whatever in those situations. But that's a very, very clear example, and some of those are going to be, um, you know, that you find in your life as you're trying to deconstruct some of this um, are going to be much more complicated, I'm sure. So I think taking some of that and seeing it as this external and maybe, you know, maybe it's not an evil thing like a demon. Maybe it's an, an evil thing like your ex or a bad parent or a bad relationship or whatever, um, and maybe seeing it in that perspective that you could easily apply all of the things you just said
1: um the the big thing is is multiplying things out It's that like if you if you have been uh like systematically taught uh any kind of lie well what kind of person if you did not have that would you be full tilt the other way would you be able to do good there is that what you would be doing right and uh and that, I mean, I honestly uh, believe that, that it's the person that I am today. You know, I have other friends, obviously, that I talk to and whatnot. I look out for, for people, um, varying degrees, of course. Um, and I think that when I undid this, what it did was it offered me a lot of compassion that I did not have access to because again it's it's like this is this is a useless thing here this feeling this emotion this doesn't mean anything i don't need this let's go ahead and we can we can cut you know the head off we can cut the tail we can cut all that i see where all of this stuff is and and where someone else is like well you know the neck is really only this big what if what if we just want the head how much (laughs) neck is there it's like kind of stupid don't need it (laughs) it's it's a really weird example it's actually um (laughs) based off of uh what is it uh, Loki's compromise i legit have maybe anyway compromise. it doesn't it doesn't matter so cool. it doesn't it doesn't matter but but there there were situations where uh people's feelings should have been taken into account and they were not because there was no it's like there's no real world value to this um and after i realized like all right no 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 i was i was taught Incorrectly, these situations uh, create like pretty much taught me this lie that feelings aren't important. Well, after that was corrected, now there's all this compassion in there, so it's like okay, we're gonna try to solve your problem doing as little damage as possible. You know what I mean? Which might make it take a lot longer to solve your problem, right? Because if we're gonna (laughs) we're gonna work very gently, then fine. Where before it was like, yeah, you know, listen, this is gonna be really really painful for two weeks. And then you're going to walk it off. Some people cannot handle an extreme amount of pain for two weeks. You know? Uh, I've done a lot of bizarre things that I'm told many other people would have a difficult time doing. Again, it might be that I was totally like, it's like I don't feel good. Well, feelings are not that important. What's the end result? I've won. Right? (laughs) But but being uh, equipped now with compassion, it's like, all right, we're going to we're gonna work on solving this while doing as little damage as possible. In fact, um, except for you know extreme situations, my first priority now really is let's, let's try to do no damage and see what we can do without doing any damage at all. You know, let's, let's try to move, again, by degrees, right? And we're gonna go and correct your course by degrees. We don't have to do it all today, okay? If we just do a little bit, it'll be okay. So, um, I mean, you've had a, a lot of uh poor uh, experiences do they do you feel that they kind of point or do some of the more serious ones point in like one direction? Oh, we're doing this now
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, I think that they generally point in one direction okay. of, uh, of self-worth which we've discussed like ah, like so many times um where the the slight askew went you know it's it's hard to narrow that down but there were definitely a bunch of like little things that I distinctly remember that led up to just an overall I think uh, in, in fact I think a lot of my health issues and emotional issues and all of those things, they all kind of come back to that uh, same place in my life and I don't know I don't know exactly I mean, I, I, as an adult I can see why Baby Taylor thought that and I can see why it's wrong but it doesn't change that Baby Taylor went through those things You know,
1: see what what maybe if it was like there was something intelligent after you, can you see what it's trying to prevent? You dig what I'm saying? See, that's where it gets. Yeah, you see, that's where it gets weird. It's like that's that's the thing right there. It's like, well, who would you be if you did not ingest that lie? Sure. Because that because it's like it's like there is a thing that doesn't want that specific thing to happen.
0: Yeah, and I think that that's actually a really powerful statement because so many of us—and it's kind of where I was gonna go with the next part of what I wanted to say—with um, this idea of allowing the abuse, and the also the idea of um, the other side of an ex uh, of believing that something is external is this idea of victimhood almost. Mm. And those two things kind of can go hand in hand, but it's a very fine line because we should preface that nobody deserves abuse, period. And that is not what I'm trying to say at all. But um, that there is an aspect of what you're and what you just said, basically, and in general, that you. Yes, there are times where, especially coming from a woman's perspective, um, you, there are, you're there literally terrified of leaving, you know, and maybe it's because the guy's bigger or stronger or whatever else, but it's still you that's holding you there. You know, like, you can make the choice to leave, like, he's not physically, well, in not at all of the points I guess but not physically holding you down and saying you're not going anywhere at all points in time you know so you theoretically have times to leave and you are the one in control of that now how much control you give to that person is really the mind game there right where you continue to have like PTSD even when they're not there you know Um, and where you do these behaviors even when they're not there because they trained you Um, so I think that some of that all kind of falls into the this idea of like a who would you be if you hadn't gone through those things and also the same idea of b why did you go through those things and who why was it necessary like who would you who are you as a result of those things or who are you supposed to be because of those things and I know for me I think I mean I've been through some shit but like um specifically when we're talking about allowing abuse I think for me it was the catalyst that broke everything like had you talked to me years before that I am not that person. I would never have told you, ever, that I would be in an abusive relationship. You know, I am assertive, I am opinionated, you know? (laughs) Like, all of these things, Um, and I'm super smart, you know? Like, why would I be in these situations? And yet, here I was, you know? And so there's this underlying, and I believe it has to do with this underlying self-worth skew that I had um, from very early on. And this is after many, many conversations of telling Michael that I didn't have this skew, but I do, (laughs) but um, I, yeah, I just think that there is a layer of allowing that. And again, it's not something that you ever, I'm not sure you're ever consciously aware of until you are. And then it's like, well, crap, why did I let him do that to me? Or why did I allow them to affect me that way? Or to even come into my life? I knew that there were warning signs. I saw all of these things, you know, like, why? What set me up for that? And more so, how can I not have that going forward so I'm not a constant magnet for this? And that was definitely something you and I talked about at length because I attract them. (laughs)
1: so i guess you could respond (laughs) i don't know that i have a response for that what i just babbled a lot i nodded yes a lot while you did it i know um but yeah i do think that you're right about that allowing the abuse it's um even even if you're a female if i'm a female and, and the guy's a lot bigger than me and i decide it's never happening again um, if I've made a committed decision for that, cell phone's in my pocket. If he does it again, he's getting locked up. You know what I mean? So he got one more he got one more swing. By the time he gets back, I'm gone. You know, you have to uh, sometimes be willing to give up everything to be free. And uh, it's something I didn't talk a lot about from my own personal experience. But again, my family was not happy with the decision I was making. I was willing to walk away from everything and everyone just to be treated like a person and it didn't matter to me that everybody thought I was bad in this and that. I mean, to be fair, people have thought that about me before. So, you know, go for it, go for it. I'm the bad guy. It's okay. Um, well, I think that's really significant too,
0: like that you have, and I guess you have people that are caught in between that mix of like not carrying at all what people think. And, um, Caring too much about what people think, and you know, how do you? I I know we talked about, and this is an interesting, I guess, conversation just for me and him in general, because I'm definitely more of the feeler in this dynamic, and he's more of the thinker, so he has to sometimes rein me in, and I have to sometimes, you know, push him to the feeling side, um, as he's already talked to you a little bit about. Um, But I guess with that. How do you balance? I mean, and I guess you you probably use the committee for that, but how do you okay, balance so, not carry? <laughs> like,
1: so so first off, that was before my my awakening. you're you're going back. That's fourteen. That's true. 14 years. So this is this is a while before, and uh, I didn't really have many good thoughts at all back then. Uh, I describe it as if I'm in a spinning room. Um, how do you get to the door if you're in a spinning room? You can't, you're dizzy, you're on the, the ground. When the room stops spinning, what happens? Okay, you're sick, you you yak, and then you try to get your balance, your equilibrium, and then you can find the door. But while that room is still spinning, you're not doing anything that's productive. You gotta make the room stop first. Um, that being said, I was able to get the room to stop spinning by by putting myself first. Okay, this is actually something that still carries over to now. Okay, when I'm when I'm thinking about something, um, I'm not going to go. They say in, in the the airplane, you put your own oxygen mask on first. Okay, this is good form because if I go and I overextend myself to help somebody else, now we have two people that are off balance. Right? You can't go and, and overextend. It's like, I need to be able to get to you safely. Okay? And if I if I go through that and, and I don't get to you in time, I am so sorry. Hopefully everything is gonna be all right. We'll have to, you know, reach you where you are. But uh, I cannot compromise myself because compromising myself, it just makes more trouble. Okay? Now there are obvious exceptions to this, uh, you know, yeah, parents see their children you know about to do something really dangerous and without thinking they will go and throw themselves in harm's way uh this is a natural thing to do okay so there's you know there's obviously there's always an exception to every rule but if i can manage i'm trying to think how do i i need to be safe when i'm reaching out for this person um and you brought up the Committee. I love the committee. We'll talk about the we'll talk about the committee. The committee. Okay. So (laughs) when I was very much not feeling I I don't even know how to really describe it. I I'm pretty good at performing cost benefit analysis. So it's almost like like there were parts of me fragmented in my mind, but they were responsible for for different functions. And I was able to weigh out literally the extremes very quickly, all right, what's the the worst case scenario? What's the best case scenario? Fantastic, worst, best, worst, and then doing this, um, I would be able to very quickly create uh, a fairly intelligent response to situations that might be extra bullshit. You get what I'm saying? Like that's what it is. It's like, all right, so there's there's some nonsense coming. Uh, we need to perform a cost-benefit analysis in under two minutes. Okay, because right now I just pulled the ripcord. Pretty much said, I gotta go to the bathroom. I'll be right back. I will be right back. And we'll be and then we'll be able to deal with this. I just have to just have to take a leak. It's going to be fine. Yeah, and then, you know, you walk away. You don't need people uh, freaking out while you're gone. Oh, gosh, no, he has an idea. He has no idea. It's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> sure. But, yeah, I'm, I'm able to go and, and weigh. Uh, it's almost like a, a circle where, you know, the the different extremes are and then the extremes within the extreme. So, um, and it's how I do do so many things even uh, like my boss will go and say well uh i'm dating this guy and i think this this and that and what do you think and my first response is like oh maybe some guy you know i think he's cheating on me okay if you discover 100 percent that he's gonna that he is cheating on you what are you gonna do oh i don't know if you discover that he's not cheating on you, what are you going to do? Well, I don't know. Well, just so you know, I have performed a cost benefit analysis and it really doesn't matter whether he's cheating or not. No, I don't mean that to be mean, but but think about it. It's like, all right, if we don't have, there's there's actually no good reason to go and invest mental energy uh, in this. Now, if you tell me, well, if I find out that he's cheating, then frickin' that's it, he's gone, right? So you're, you're committed then. That is that is the both the best and the worst case scenario is just that he's gone. Yeah, okay, well then, then we should put in the amount of energy equivalent to he is gone, right? So uh, to, to make it a little simpler, the worst case scenario, you pay someone $10. Best case scenario, you pay someone $5. All right, so in this scenario, you should not invest $11 in investigating. You'd be better off just paying the $10 and walking away, you know, because it's like, well, what what does it matter? The, the The variance is so small. Why would I invest any more energy in this? I can go and give this person the ten dollars, and then instead of spending that time reasoning this, I can make ten dollars back, or or you know twenty. I understand how bizarre this sounds. It is hyper rational. I apologize.
0: <laughs> yeah, because you but know the is, normal response is like it doesn't matter whether he cheats.
1: Yeah, well, that's the good. Well, no, no, no but, no, but it doesn't, though, because I know, I because it only matters to the extent that you're willing to do something about right, it. Right, right. All right. Now, she said, if he's <laughs> cheating, we're going to blow up his car. Okay, so if we're cheating, cheating equals $30,000 minimum worth of damage. Okay, we need to investigate very carefully. <laughs> well, how carefully? $30,000 worth of careful. Okay, because if we go and and, and miss something and you blow up his car... This is a you've done a very bad thing here, okay? So, so yes, my my um my mental the the mental energy that I invest into things correlates directly with these cost benefit analysis performed by what I have termed the committee.
0: I think to clarify a little bit uh, because he didn't quite say it. What? Said so good luck to the oh, right. Well, I've had lots of these conversations with him. But the committee is like all of these versions of you from different times in your life. So, you know, like, I'll say mine, it's like, one is baby Taylor, one is emo Taylor, (laughs) one is, you know, the hyper, like the t-shirt, the teacher Taylor, where, you know, you get your shit together kind of Taylor, (laughs) you know, like, um, and there's just, there's a whole bunch of them. And you go in front of the committee as a neutral person, and you say, here's a problem tell me what to do you decide you know and then they all kind of like talk it out and it's just this really weird um it's something I've been practicing because of this man (laughs) because sometimes the this especially in situations where I feel like my emotions are definitely coloring the uh possible solution or I, I just can't think straight with it so I try and use that to help clarify some things and I've it's really been really interesting to let baby Taylor talk or let teenage emo Taylor talk about how she feels about things.
1: And, you know, like that sounds well, you'd be surprised. surprised You'd but be surprised too how often uh, it's the younger versions of yourself that have been carrying you for so long. Mm-hmm. So, uh, for, for a problem, right. Where I actually do what you said. Um, what would that be? Seven, seven years old. All right. Cause it's, it's actually directly correlates with the trauma of third grade. Um, that version of me always has an answer where I come out. Okay. The world might be on fire around me, but it's like, no, you're going to be okay. Listen, I, I'm going to carry you through this, but it's the smallest one because that's the one that's trying to protect me the most from damage. Because at that age, I was very small and did a very poor job of defending myself.
0: Well I think it's so, also the one that's most truly you. I don't I don't know about that. Before um, you put in all of these other bullshit layers of constructs of the world.
1: I don't I don't think so because the thing is that is the one that was that was taught That's the one that says that feelings don't matter. It's like, no, listen, you know, hell with everybody else. (laughs) Let them all burn to the ground. (laughs) You know what I mean? No, we, you know, that we know what's important to me right now. You are, I didn't freaking carry you all this time to have you spill here. Okay. So it's like, all right, fantastic. That's what he says. So now I actually have a plan that I can use where I get out untouched. That's a great place to start hell with everybody else. That's not a nice thing to say, but I do have a plan now. It's like, all right let's talk to somebody else that will take other things into account. But right now I do have automatically the plan from the third grader. He's going to back me up no matter what I've got backup now. Um, given enough time and usually for, for, uh, you know, crises, crises can happen much slower. Like you feel like it's going so fast, but that's because, uh, waiting is hard and people don't like to go to sleep when things are going crazy around them. Um, but you know, that's another thing to the third grader. It's like, I have a plan. That means right now I'm going to go to sleep. There's nothing I can do about this right now. I'm going to go to sleep. I'm going to wake up tomorrow. My mind's going to be fresh. We're going to try again. We're going to try to deconstruct, reconstruct. Okay. Um, there's a, a saying for negotiating: never want something so bad that you wouldn't give it up for something better. Sometimes when I'm solving problems, it's like, well, let's pretend I don't want this thing. Let's pretend that's let's pretend I hate this thing. And then it's like, all right, well, if I forfeit this, I can't have this this better thing, this better outcome, and nobody is injured. This is this is great. Um, the oldest version of myself is the one that understands uh harmonizing mm. harmonizing with uh with movement with motion if someone uh i, I mean who knows who's watching but uh, in aikido which is a martial art you're not taught to fight your opponent you're taught to harmonize with their movement so if someone was to go and throw a punch with you, now, I mean, I'm not saying to tell people to punch you and attempt to do this because you're gonna get punched. But if you were to go and sidestep and spin a little bit and grab their arm and continue the motion, because when they go to throw that punch, they're actually putting themselves off balance. You can tell the way the way that they're standing. I can't show it because my one arm, but but they've actually compromised themselves, okay? So if you go ahead and your stance is nice and low and you just do a little spin, you can just go with their motion, harmonize with their movement, and now they've injured themselves essentially, okay? So there are many situations in real life where things look really bad, but everything you need to harmonize with the situation is available. It's just, it's usually something very bizarre, unexpected, and sometimes, sometimes it's that thing I said where you know don't ever want something so bad you wouldn't give it up for something better. Sometimes you have to let go of something that you think you want a whole bunch um, only to discover, like, well, if I let this go and I harmonize this movement, I'm unscathed and then I'm now opened up for this other opportunity or possibility. Um, or you just don't get punched, which is a plus.
0: Either is, way, yeah.
1: yeah you know, <laughs> I winning think, is winning.
0: I think that you're... Um, so for my, I guess, committee, my youngest is definitely the most pure and untainted and i think she's the most truly me i'm not saying that i think who i am now i guess has been colored a lot by the experiences that i've been through but at the core i feel like she is very
1: much who i am truly um but you say colored what does what does see because like i'm also i mean obviously i've been affected but I feel like I've let go of a lot of that negative stuff. I don't know that I would use the word colored. I am the sum of these things that that, that have happened, not the, uh, what would it be if it was subtraction? Not the difference.
0: I guess, yes, I agree with that. I think colored, when I, I think of colored, I think of, um, I'm literally thinking of like lenses um, that I've added through Throughout, out because like she is baby Taylor is um, without a lens and then maybe there was the lens of self-worth and then there's the lens of um, I don't know weight or health issues and then there's a the lens of abusive relationships and you know all of these lenses and not to say that it it makes I don't know it, it makes my life more colorful and me more interested I guess but um and it makes me who I am, and I wouldn't take that away, but I think at the core of who I am is baby Taylor. And and maybe it's furthermore, it's how she has experienced those things, because she was a part of all of those things, even though you know she's stuck chronically at whatever age she is. Um, I actually think she's six or seven, too. Um, but She's, she's still experienced those things with me, so whatever her take on those experiences are, I guess, is the version that I feel is the most true to me. But that just goes to show that, like, your committee, there's no rules here. <laughs> like It's yeah, in your head, totally so it's, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine that you're talking to versions of yourself. It's fine. <laughs> but one of the things that she did say, and I guess... Um, that I really liked, and I wanted you, and it kind of tailors into what you just said. Um, you said that people get desperate when change happens really fast, or just, I guess, when change happens, period. Mm-hmm. And I think that it kind of just falls in nicely with when you were talking about um, spinning in a room and all of these things. And I mean, really, you've I think you touched on something like that very similarly for a lot of things. Um, I think you were a good friend and listened to the episodes that I was a guest star in on, um, um, modern for podcast. And one of them, I talked about this two by four effect of, you know, like waking up to the world and how it's, you know, it literally, it feels like you're hit by a two by four. um, and it it creates enough contrast uh, to create cognitive dissonance. So where you're to where you begin questioning everything, and then you have all of these little times in between to clean up the mess, I guess. But um, I guess I would like you to speak a little bit on what is this, what does that look like? Because to me, the two by four effect right before it, or I guess the. Um, The desperation is everything that leads up to like, bam, two by four effect, you know, like cut your shits, you know, um, and it's the universe saying, stop spitting. What are you doing? You know, (laughs)
1: can you ask me that again in a slightly different way?
0: Sure. Um, What is your take on this idea of uh, just of the two by four effect plus this as a being, I guess, a way to stop this desperation? Um, This desperate spin that happens or or is there a better way to stop the desperate spin that happens when you start unwinding some of this?
1: The desperate spin uh, is probably a combination of high energy and lack of focus. Okay. So, the committee would kind of work to prevent that it's interesting that the committee is a little scatterbrained in in the way that it's organized because it it does represent uh variants different different variances um sigma right (laughs) so we have all the the variances available yeah uh but it's also organized and it keeps your energy moving in one direction so even though there is quite the variance it lets you focus on one thing at a time now, there are times again because due to the fact that the humans have rhythms and whatnot, um, I do sometimes wake up, and and things are just very poor, and it's like I I need to do something. I'm not sure 100 percent what it is. Uh, I will do crazy things to undo this. Not really crazy. Uh, I will attempt to like eat a bunch of pineapple, like try to get like some sugar up or something. I will do, I'll I'll try some (laughs) black tea, get a little caffeine. See, I'm trying to shake it Mm. like it's, uh, like it's something that's on me. You know, Mm. uh, that is what I kind of default to. It's like, how do I shake this off me? Uh, sometimes I get lucky and it works really well. Other times, other times you live with the cloud for the day. You know, uh, I am very lucky most days i'm like an eight to to ten out of ten for like being happy and whatnot i know a lot of other people live with much lower numbers i feel sorry for them for me to be at like a five is really really low and uh my five looks a lot like everyone else's five it's like all right what's a five it's like well you know i go to work i do my job and uh you know it's kind of the way it is um at at seven, eight, nine, ten, I'm far more animated, having a good time. Quick, um, so so I understand. Sometimes, sometimes even I don't like. I have no clue what the what the answer is. It's like, all right, well, it's a, it's a bad rhythm. This is not my time to win. Um, I have found though, in terms of shaking things off, uh, food does where food is a, a nice way to uh, care for yourself. It's like, all right, you know what? I feel terrible, so I'm gonna go and cook some food up that I really, really like, and then I'm gonna sit down and enjoy it. And that that actually usually works pretty well. You feel very, like, human again. You know, while you're saying, like, wow, this is, this is nice, I like, I like what I'm doing right now. Um, there's also, there have been, gosh, entire books written about, like, state management. So, uh, state management, for those that don't know, it's like this thing that, uh, actors and performers and salesmen are taught about pretty much when you need to be able to get yourself into a very specific state to do something optimally to perform an athlete, whatever, uh, you can attempt to tie triggers that Will send the, the message to your mind. One, um, gosh, what's his name now? John Denver. John Denver, take me, uh, take me home country road. That guy, uh, he was in a bit of a funk, and Tony Robbins was talking to him, and he found out, oh, well, John Denver likes going fast. If he's if he, uh, a lot of his songs, the idea, the the muse came to him while he was flying his plane or driving fast in one of his cars on the road. So Senator Ralph says, well, why don't you go and, and try to like, that was, that's the last time he felt like really like, yeah, try, try doing that. And he did and it worked. So state management um, is another one that would be really valuable for that sort of thing. If you know, well, when was the last time that I felt really normal? Uh, I was hanging out with my brother, okay. Why don't you go visit your brother? Just see what happens. Just go over there and just see if things just magically fall into place. Because sometimes they do. And that's convenient. <laughs> yeah,
0: I like that. I also think that for clarity, um, most of your, I guess, most of your decisions, uh, especially in crisis, are based off of this, um, the, the committee. And it's a it's a very interesting way to think about things. And I brought it up with I brought it up with a number. I like to go to a lot of different psychologists and whatnot because I like to hear what they have to say and I like to find out new ways to like heal myself. And dif- I'm always just on the lookout. Um, and I've brought this up to people, and um, they've each said that that's a very inventive and clever way to do something like that. Um, and it's almost like what they do um, in hypnosis and stuff like that is have you talk to these versions of yourself and basically do that and introduce yourself. And there's a lot of stuff with uh, inner child work where they, ha- you ha- they have you like introduce yourself to your inner child and you know have a real conversation with the, uh, him or her for the first time or whatever. And um, I think that you're integration of them on a regular basis is probably fundamental to what makes you so happy in a lot of ways is because you've become comfortable with yourself on all levels Um, and it's not separating parts of yourself it's not like this is who Michael is today it's bring it to everybody to all versions of Michael and see what they have to say and then decide (laughs) And so I think it's a really um, a cool way to view the world. Um, I can't say it's the right way, because then I can't tell you that you're right. It's, you're not going to get that out of me. But, <laughs> but <laughs> I do really like it, and I definitely use it for, um, for a lot of things. And I'd like you just to speak just for a second or whatever um, on how you think using some of that and using some of the tools that you've learned from some of those experiences that you've been through, how do you use it in healing today? What does healing in this kind of world look like?
1: Um, I mean, we spoke mostly about, uh, about things that go on in the mind, um, so I don't fully understand the correlation or the causation but I do know that I'm one person and that a strong mind equals a stronger body equals a stronger spirit so I mean I don't understand the inner workings of it but I do know that I have benefited from it
0: you just believe that they like that <laughs> <laughs> it's the best I have I, was it's like, high, I it's thought you had things. another thought coming just based no. off of your face um, nope 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 well, I thought nope, it was a good uh, thought to end off of uh, or to close that up um, I think that if you could end I, one of the reasons why I wanted to start with you um is because I liked this idea, this idea of integrating parts of yourself into a whole and addressing the world that way and your problems that way. And I'm not sure, not gonna say it, but there's, (laughs) cover your ears, don't listen. (laughs) that there's a better way to go about this um, to a large extent because I do think that so much healing has to do with how things we've talked about like how you have talked to yourself the things that you have that maybe got misinterpreted along the way the lies that you let yourself believe the Uh, Behaviors that you let people do to you or that you did to people, all of those things come from a disintegration of yourself, you know, just parts of yourself not being together, integrated. And I think that you have done a beautiful job in doing that. It's very weird, it's very unique, and it's hard to, um, and it's weird because it's not normal, I guess, for most people. Normal doesn't mean right obviously or healthy but I, you just don't see it a lot in a lot of people um people and so i really build
1: people build the solutions that they need mm-hmm. you know what i mean people that uh people that aren't hungry probably don't learn how to to grow their own food because they they have the food so there's no need to learn well, why would i this is a waste of time right. uh, humans are very efficient in that way so if your mind has not discovered the, the need to create something like this. Uh, it just why would it why would it bother? It's like, no, this this functions. There was a need that I had and for whatever reason my mind decided this was the most efficient way of dealing with it. So I don't worry too much about normal or or average because there other people are solving problems that i don't that i don't even know about and their solutions would probably also look pretty odd to me it's like what is that because i i wouldn't know what like if i saw it like if it was a thing i would have a difficult time reverse engineering what is this for because i don't see the problem it's like oh well no there's a problem this cog fits right in there and it solves that oh okay so without without the problem the solution looks like craziness mm-hmm. uh uh-huh.
0: So, yeah. Well, and I think from a, an outside perspective, it took me a while to accept the committee because it was just—it's kind of different, you know. And it's kind of like, mm-hmm. all right, this is what are we talking about? Here? <laughs> you know, do you have split yes. personalities? Yes. What? Yes. You know, say but... it
1: again. <laughs> say that again.
0: <laughs> you shall hear no more of that from me. But <laughs> but um, I think I really like it, and I, I think that it is a beautiful piece of advice or all of that, like all of those amazing things that you said, starting with the comfortable with yourself. I think it, it to me for you um, just is culminated, I guess, in that idea of this, all of you, when I talk to you, I'm talking to all of you, you know, and that's a really, a really cool thing. You know, I know that baby Michael hears me and emo Michael hears me and all these other things you know um I don't know if I can call him emo Michael uh, but whatever <laughs> but I think that that's that's significant because too many of us are just too disconnected from ourselves on mm-hmm. really every level um I think that is a beautiful place to wrap up do you have any other thoughts that you want to say I definitely want to give a shout out to you, but I didn't know if you want to, um, have thoughts first.
1: Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> very efficient, right? Huh. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, i you know, I will, I I will say, <laughs> uh, in case anyone's wondering, uh, I had surgery on my face, so that's why this portion of my face is so stiff. Uh, I don't look at myself very often. <laughs> I'm on camera now, and I have noticed, I've got stitches inside my mouth they had to... So it's a little, little stiff there. So I'll just you can put that out there. Tell. If you've watched for this long, you get to know about the stitches on the inside of my mouse. <laughs> what there a glory. What a wonderful, I guess. Uh, <laughs> that's a great off. <laughs> <laughs> that's a <yeah.
0: laughs> bonus. <laughs> um, so, do you do you mind if I give you a shout out? No, go for it, cool. So, um, Michael has a channel called Super Horror Show, and he gets to do all of these amazing voices. He has, I mean, if you haven't noticed yet, he's he's funny, uh, but he's he without surgery, though. <laughs> yes, he, he's a little muted today, yes. um, but he does all of these amazing voices. Um, there's a host that holds hosts the channel, um that is an animated host it's an animated skeleton and his name is Papa Bones or aka Val Kilmer Kilmore I should say that right right <laughs> and um, the show is just so much fun um, I they have funny skits and then they have horror sh- uh, stories that they share and it's just it's just a lot of fun and you should definitely check it out um, you can I guess leave all of your social medias
1: um, of no, them just search uh, "Super Horror Show" on YouTube, and it's a lot funnier and a lot louder than I am right now. Yeah, because it was all done before I had surgery in my mouth. <laughs> and a lot of it's back.
0: animated stories, which are yeah. really cool. Um, I don't know if I clarified that, but um, just some it's really story cool time stuff. for grown-ups. Yeah. yeah, scary story time. But there's there's some also just um he has does a lunch break one and it's just like it's a
1: mini podcast five minutes a week mini video of podcast. really stupid things <laughs> Stupid. these are public service announcements i did good reasons to punch someone in the face um i did one on selling that. selling your soul to the devil uh <laughs> the did dew. one on asmr being stupid mountain dew never came out you were a beta oh, tested for that right. i forgot but that yeah. one was
0: hilarious ASMR was funny
1: yeah um, what was the last one I did oh if UFOs are real right yeah Yeah. there you go so these are public service (laughs) announcements oh stupid criminals that was a fun one these idiots went to uh, Dollar General and tried to spend a million dollar bill Uh, that's a true story (laughs) and people are getting dumber it's going so well. uh, not enough healing. <laughs> that's it. That's it. So yeah, these are very important things. It's important for people to hear these things, and listen to me, and do the things that I say to do. That's important. <laughs> so uh, actually,
0: can you say one thing on? Because um, I love it for you, and I, I really want. I'm always trying to get you to say it on your YouTube. But um, I want you to talk about um, why you do your channel. And I want you to specifically talk about. Um, do you remember how you were talking about the the dog with and their motto? No, dog. your brain is on meds. Well, no, just Tylenol right now. But I did have a concussion. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were talking about like what is the motto of all of this? And talking
1: about search and rescue.
0: We do these things that they may live. Yes. And yeah. how that ties into what you're doing, uh, because I think it's a beautiful testimony to everything we've kind of talked about, and then why your channel is, what what it is?
1: Okay, so, um, so this is your bonus because we didn't actually yeah. end this episode. <laughs> uh, my channel is is by probably every definition fluff. Like, let's be honest here. You're not you're not going there. It's not done by Encyclopedia Britannica or anything like that but fluff can be extremely valuable and important. Um, There's a lot of times when you're in, to sound extra dramatic, a dark place, ooh, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And there is nothing you can really do about it. I'm being very honest here. You know, if, if, if they're coming to take your house in the morning and it's 10 PM, you, Ask the committee, You ha- there's no chance, you're not fixing this, okay? The best thing you can do is just go to sleep for a while. You need to decompress, so that way tomorrow, when the shit hits the fan, you can get up and start walking again, okay? My channel functions beautifully in this capacity. Uh, if you come by, I will do the very best I can to distract you to make you forget that there's a bunch of nonsense around you so you feel like a person for even just a small amount of time because if I can do that if I can say enough things to derail your mental train and I do I I just I go nuts okay I will say things intentionally to derail everybody's mental train okay <laughs> I I'm will sorry. tell you to zig and I will zag okay and it will be it will be a big joke and that's fine okay because the whole the whole point is is that I just need you to forget. I need you to forget your troubles so you can decompress, so you can continue carrying on for another day. Before I was injured, I would premiere uh, an episode every Wednesday. And premiere means that I'm there live in the audience and chat. Okay. And the idea is that, well, if somebody is having a very poor week, right, they just have to make it to Wednesday and we'll, we'll joke around and then it's fine. Friday is a good day for most people. When I was in high school, I had a very difficult time and I was constantly living for Friday, Monday, miserable Tuesday, miserable Wednesday, freaking just like piss off. If I could just make it to Friday, I had a, uh, my best friend at the time, Mike Ballister, okay? He would go, he'd crash at my house, we'd play video games till three in the morning, lit by the TV, you know, the room would be lit by the TV, and we'd be joking around. And the damage that was done to me, Monday through Friday, was undone Friday night and Saturday night. And I don't know, I mean, if you were born in the 80s, you probably have a similar experience where it's like, you know, life was very hard here, here, and here, but your friends came over, you'd rent a movie, you'd watch something, and it just happened all the time. And these things literally kept you alive. much longer than you would have lasted otherwise. And so the channel that I've made where I go and I tell people scary stories and sometimes tell people about good reasons to punch people in the face and, and all this other craziness was built to to recreate this scenario where it's like, you know, we're gonna go and we're just gonna play around for a little bit. So that's, uh, that's what it's about.
0: I love it. I really do, and I really have been trying to get you to say it on your, on your show. <laughs>
1: like, but really, it's just a bunch of goofy fluff. I'm just gonna. <laughs> it, is. it is.
0: But like knowing that, um, like as your best friend, I I think that it's just it's so profound. And but
1: that's why it works. Yeah. Like if you if you look at the comments, like people are being reached, and it's really really bizarre because it's like. I go on once a week and I pretend to be this skeleton man that has no sense at all. And, and it totally, it hits home when it needs to hit home. You know what I mean? Somebody's having a, like an extra poor, an extra poor week, a really hard time, something terrible has happened. They already know if I can get to Wednesday, you know what I mean? I'll be there. they will say some dumb stuff. Something ridiculous will happen. I'm going to forget about my problems. For a small amount of time and then hopefully they've got something going on friday right because Friday's usually a pretty good day you know it's like if i can go carry yourself to wednesday and then decompress a little bit carry yourself to friday everything's going to be okay it's going to work itself out the universe loves balance you know what i'm going to toss this out there the universe loves balance okay now this is a both a positive and a negative because sometimes people they go and they try really hard and they feel stuck. And it's it's not that you're really stuck, it's the universe loves balance. It's trying to go and keep things the way they are. Um, so it takes a lot of energy to force the universe to recalibrate, okay? But when something bad happens, okay, so now everything's all tilted, and you're like, oh my God, I'm telling you right now, the universe wants to correct this. The universe does not like the tilt, okay? It will work in your favor, not because it's it, not that it likes you, it just hates off balance if i can distract you long enough the universe around you will go and level out and then it's like wow what because you couldn't do anything about it anyway you you did not have the you were not equipped to deal with these universe size problems so i mean think about that too so you go and you go and you try forever and so hard and And whatever and it's like oh it doesn't feel like it's working it it does take a lot to get the universe to go and and reassess and and re pretty much reformat everything putting you where you deserve to be that does take time and that can be annoying but at the same time when when calamity strikes the universe loves balance it's going to go and attempt to put you back to where you were okay your house goes on fire. W- what does it mean? If my house, if my cabin caught fire right now, right? The whole thing is burning. Um, what, what does it mean? Okay, well, first off, I have a very nice network of uh, friends around me. I know for a fact that nobody's going hungry. Um, I'm probably gonna go and end up, uh, me and my wife, my son at my mom's house for a couple of weeks. The insurance check will, will cash. I'm gonna get another house. I'm gonna end up in a very similar situation to where I am now, so as scary as it is, immediately, the universe wants to correct it. Um, so that's just uh, that's just a truth that's that I that I strongly believe in, and uh, it is also a very big part of why I do what I do. I don't need to fix anybody's problem. I just need to distract you long enough and let you feel human long enough for the universe to correct things around you. I love this,
0: uh, and I'm glad that we continue this because um, I, it gives me a chance to tie that back into chiropractic philosophy <laughs> of the with with all of it. The body heals itself. The there's principles in the universe about physics where it literally strives for homeostasis or balance yes, or whatever exactly. you want to call. And I think it's. Um, I think it's, we all kind of have this underlying understanding of that. Um, But really, what I do as a chiropractor and what Michael does as a comedian and YouTuber is remove interference enough for your body to heal itself or the universe to write itself or for whatever that looks like to create. Balance. And I think that that's significant because if you can find something, he took something that you wouldn't normally think of as doing that. I mean, chiropractic, you can kind of see it's in the healthcare field, you know, that okay, we're removing interference, sure, you know, fixing the body, sure. But doing something on a different level where you're taking like comedy um, and he's take from his perspective which you wouldn't know unless you unless you know you ask him these kinds of things um, of removing interference so your body can so you can get to this next place so your mind your body all of it can take a break for a minute laugh release some endorphins you know feel better just to get over to the next hump because that next hump is where the universe writes itself. And I I love that. And that's where I, I'm telling you, eventually I'm going to sway you on this chiropractic philosophy thing. But uh, for right now, um, I think it's a beautiful way to just tie into what all of this is about. You know, this is about healing on so many levels in so many different ways. You don't even, you know, we've talked about lots of different things here in, in lots of different unique ways. Um, and another Beautiful example of that is this is comedy, you know, is finding something just to get through to the next second because that next second is where things get better. Um. So uh, if you have other things to add, that's it. That that's really it. We're really it now. That's the real one. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for being on. I definitely I loved having you. I love your perspective on things. Um and i mean it's why you're my best friend but um i definitely am just so honored if you've listened to it this far because we've definitely babbled a lot but (laughs) or i have and he's actually told you things but (laughs) um i really appreciate it i hope that you gleaned something from this if it's not you know Wisdom, or from one of us, but maybe it's just a new way to think about some things, a new little seed to take with you and see where it takes you. Um, Both of us, of course, are more than willing to answer any questions you have. You can leave them in the comments or message us. Um, And I know that Michael has said this on his own YouTube channel that um, if you ever feel like you need to reach out, definitely. You know, there's not anything or anyone we would turn down just to talk um so definitely feel free to do that again i super appreciate you coming and joining us on this and um i think that's gonna wrap it up
1: right on right
0: it up I was super excited to bring that to you um Michael is just amazing and I I truly love him um I I definitely could not do life without him um and I hope that you were able to glean a little bit of something from that I hope that it just inspired you or it made you laugh at the very least um or planted a seed, whatever that looked like. Um so to reiterate, you can find him at Super Horror Show on, I believe he has a Twitter also, but definitely on YouTube. Um and it's just it's just hilarious. Um and, and really talented on the parts that aren't funny, <laughs> that are good storytelling. Um and then of course you can find us at Fearlessly Unbroken on all of the social medias, and then of course at Inner Sanctum Chiropractic. And those will all be linked in the description, of course. Um, If you have stories to tell, we cannot wait to hear them from you. Please reach out. We want you to be involved. Um, Next up is Dr. Christy Church. She is also a handful, an incredible testimony. I cannot wait to bring her because she is just a lot of incredible stories. (laughs) So um, I look forward to that. I will see you next time. Thank you so much for listening. And I, again, I'm just so grateful that you're here. Thanks.